electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Global stock markets, U.S. futures, commodities, yields, all ticking higher on this news that China continues to loosen COVID restrictions and now quarantine rules for foreign visitors. Ten-year 326, Kathy Wood tells Squawk she thinks the U.S. is already in recession. Our roadmap this morning begins with Nike running lower despite beating on the top of the bottom line amid these ongoing disruptions in China. FTX denying reports that it's in talks to buy trading platform Robinhood. We've got more details. And it is the top gainer on the S&P year-to-date. Oxy shares moving higher again as Buffett's Berkshire increases its stake in the company. We'll start, though, with today's market action, trying to rebound following another losing day on Wall Street as these recession worries remain top of mind for investors. Last hour, New York Fed President John Williams talked about those concerns. The recession is not my base case right now. I think the economy is, is strong. I, you know, clearly uh, financial conditions have tightened, and we're, I'm expecting uh, growth to slow this year quite a bit uh, relative to what we had last year, and actually um, you know, slow to probably 1 to 1.5 percent GDP growth for the year. But that's not a recession. It's a slowdown that we need to see in the economy to really reduce the inflationary pressures that we have and bring inflation down. Now, you ask, is it in terms of probabilities? Of course, it's very hard to predict a recession. They occur for lots of different reasons. And, you know, from my point of view, I think we do have a path forward to bring inflation down as, as we need to do and keep the economy growing. But you know, there can be shocks and events and that can happen that would, would knock us off track for that. Jimmy says 75 was exactly right. And the debate this meeting will be between 50 and 75. I think he's right. I, I think people at home, I spent a lot of time talking to many different people in the last, say, 70, 72 hours. And they all keep saying, why do you just talk endlessly about the Fed? Why don't you talk about what's going on at 3M? Uh, what's the matter with talking about how IBM may have resurgence? And it, you end up trying to say to them, look, we are about earnings per share, and the earnings per share are really controlled. Like, there's a great piece today about home builders, that the home builders are completely controlled by mortgage rates. And there's just much of the economy is controlled by mortgage rates. Yes, there's some that's controlled by Russia, some by China. But I just I thought Williams was very smart. But I also thought Jeremy Siegel was very smart, saying, look, you know, I favored tight, but not too tight. And we're seeing commodities roll over. Now, a lot of the really important commodities have gone down a great deal. So I just think we've got to be very careful because there are some people who would say that Pal is winning and winning faster than we think. Wait, 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 wait. Are you getting a tad more dovish? No, no, I just felt that I happen to like Jeremy Siegel so much. It just, I mean, I had to stop and listen because I've always liked him. Uh, he lived in my late dad's building and managed the co-op. But, but, and I used to go hear him, and, you know, 20 years ago, and he's so smart. Yeah. And his book, for low, you know, Stocks for Low Earth, is great. But I do think that, Williams, we need a shock. We need just pow. And then let's take a look. Pow. And you think that'll pow, be pow. 75 again in July? 75 is fine with me, but then wait then wait to see what happens because we really have to know what's going to occur in Ukraine. 
I mean, we, we just because the one that everyone is worried about is oil. I mean, look, we need China's coming back online very fast. Now, you can say, wait a second, I was on that Nike call. Well, you know what? The Nike call three months from now is going to sound very different. They're going to do a lot more business in China. You think it'll be different in a good way? Wow, yeah. I think people selling Nike here are going to regret it. It's very, very rear view. Uh, we're going to get, let, we, let's, let's hop ahead to Nike because uh, 90 cents beats by eight, revenue essentially in line. This guidance, though, for fiscal 23, up revenue 10 to 12, streets of 12. Well, look, it, it, they did a number with China being badly bad and with, oh my God, inventory's all over the place and it's in boats. And it, Donahoe's so good. The CFO is a little more negative. But I, I look at this thing and I just say, they have the World Cup. And if people remember, the World Cup is so great for them. And if they have China coming back and people going, going out again, and the Minister of Sport uh, goes back and being their great pal, then you're going to say, why did I sell it at 107? Because uh, if China comes back, they're the right place. I mean, look at the casino stocks today. Yep. I mean, I look, and, and Macau's not nearly as good. Yep. The one that's driving me crazy is Disney board meeting. They're, Shanghai Disney's going to be open. Uh, it's barely up. It's going to open Thursday. It's been shut since March 21. I know. Um, that'll be a big thing. What has Mickey been doing? <laughs> Interesting question. Hiding in the backstage areas, perhaps. Right? Yep. Yeah, doing, doing right back there with Pluto. Doing nothing. <laughs> um, speaking of China, and Jim's right about uh, Macau, uh, Las Vegas Sands and Wynn were up 6% pre-market. But here's what Nike's Donahoe said about the future in China. We continue to think that has huge potential, and we're going to continue to invest in that and then ensure that we are building China for China with our tech stack, with our hyper-local um, technology center and um, ability to link and serve that Chinese consumer. And so we're taking a medium to long-term view, and we're as confident today as we ever have been. Coming, and coming out of this lockdown, we're seeing increased energy from the Chinese consumer. Now, as for, as for transit times, Jim, they did see a little improvement at the end of the quarter, but they're not planning on significant improvement from here. Yeah, I think that they're doing under-promise, over-deliver. Uh, I really believe that they're going to have a, an outstanding next three months in, in China. Uh, they have the right inventory, too. And they, China, there are certain basketball players that they really love, and they're ready. Buy Starbucks. So you like a, a Nike, Starbucks, Yum China? Oh, yes, I do. Look, the Chinese have been locked up. And remember how pent up we were to go places? I think they're pent up to go out, to exercise. They love Nike. To go back to Starbucks, it's going to be harder to get to Macau because there's, I think there could be some limits. But they want to go to Disney World. Now, Disney has dropped off the face of the earth. Like, whatever's wrong about Disney is what people want to talk about. Like, maybe they had a bad move. I mean, you know what? They Remember, like, the teapot who was like Jerry Orbach? Uh, yeah, very Back good. with him. Very Orbach good. was a triple threat. Now, great he, great he's, call he's, on the uh, beauty uh, cast. Yeah, Jerry cool. Orbach is right. I saw him in Promises and Promises and Promises. <laughs> but, I mean, they would hate the teapot right now. I mean, this Disney is the most hated stock in the world. And yet, that's the one I think could be the best. A Disney, then Starbucks, then Nike. Interesting. So you think the street's obsession with direct-to-consumer, streaming, subs, uh, profitability on Disney+, Plus. you think that the parks end up getting some love here? I think that, that Chapek is a park guy. I think we're almost pig and python through the, uh, the Iger 
problems. I think that no, everyone, no one wants to say it, so I'll say it. Iger spent so much money on Fox that he gutted the balance sheet. That's going to be his legacy. Sorry. I know that's really mean. I know people want me to say his legacy was Marvel. But, but you know what? There's been no dividend. Um, they, they buried all the Fox within the different, different divisions. You can't even pull it out. And Bob was great. And I loved Bob on the book. And I, I, I had him on. And I loved all the acquisitions. But this was the acquisition too far. It really was. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and Bob Chapek paid. He played the Polish general, Allah. <laughs> um, do you think China's reopening more broadly uh, means that commodity prices, shipping rates, those things have bottomed yeah. as well? Yes, that's why I, want the, I do want the shock. I want the 100 shock like Ken Langone because I think that we're going to have a new leg up from China. And it's also going to be uh, gasoline. Look, China has been close. I mean, when you go over, you know, Sanjay Marotra is going to report this week in Micron. There's a piece very devastating about how poorly he's going to do. They didn't sell anything in China. No one sold anything in China. This was not like Amazon saying, hey, here's your packages. Remember, like, you would go to somebody's house and they had the Amazon package? No. They didn't know Chewy either. Yeah. Um, so I think that people have to recognize that that was a total shutdown, not like us, which was kind of a soft shutdown because you could still get things from Amazon. Right. Or you could break the rules. It's very a lot tougher to break the rules there in terms yeah. of... You know, it was a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I remember when my daughter broke, uh, she wanted to break the rules in, 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 when, she, when she lived in Madrid, and they had a 500 euro fine, okay? They didn't really fine you in China. I think they, you could never be found after you got it. So I think that this is a real opening, and that the companies that you want to play, and you do want to play them, are you want to be in Starbucks, you want to be in Disney, most definitely. You might even want to be in FedEx, uh, analyst day. Yeah. Analyst day today. Day. Uh, Credit Suisse today initiates both, names both them and UPS as some. I top think that's terrific. Picks. And then Nike. They're all, they all work. Uh, but yeah, just to go back to Disney for a second, they got a couple day board meeting there, and I think that Disney has to change the narrative. I mean, they got to talk about either a new. They got to talk about like a new theme park. I'm trying to cite a new theme park for them in, the, in New Mexico for the quarter Texas to Colorado. <laughs> No, I am. In the southwestern United States? Yeah, I can't put it in Texas because of the political reasons. So i got to put it right over the border. I think I have 300,000 acres. Look, I, I, oh, no, I'm going for this. <laughs> really? I'm solving their problem. Because then Chapek can talk about, hey, you know, we got a new park. And then no one will talk about Disney+. Plus. We're not talking about ESPN. We're going to talk about... You're not, no, you're not saying about leaving Florida. No, no, we keep we stay in Florida. Okay, but we put the you know we've got the fastest growing corridors between Colorado and Texas. We need warm weather. We don't you love this? Like you know whatever. Um, believe me. Now we got it. We have a Native American indigenous. We don't want to take their land, obviously, yep. and we don't want to take Fed land. But there is a spot of land that I've got located that's not far from Albuquerque, too far a little bit from Dallas, where we're going to put a new theme park, and all we're going to hear about is new theme park. And Bob Chapek runs a theme park, and then someone's going to say, well, how about Disney Plus? We're like, <laughs> theme park. This theme park is so ideally situated, it's scary. Um, I can already see some of the uh, southwestern thematics. Coco, for example, uh, Encanto. You could do some of that, right? Oh, no, no. We got, I got all that planned. This is really good, but don't give away too much of my plan. All right. Now, when I spring this on the CFO, uh, Christine McCarthy, I think she's going to say, I like the numbers. I think Kramer's right. 
Um, I think Chapin's going to say, yes, it's absolutely fantastic. I don't know about the board. I think I can get the board. You belong in business development. You're in the wrong gig right now. You know this that. One is, this one is a power play. You know, and every time when some analyst mentions something negative, all that Bob Chapek has to say is, land of enchantment. The new, new theme park. Land of enchantment. <laughs> and then it's over. Until he goes to 140 and everybody's happy. <laughs> Mickey's happy. Minnie's happy. I'm happy. And the teapot's happy. Oh, Jerry, Jerry Orbach. Orbach. They're all happy with my plan. New Mexico, here we come. We're going to watch Disney and a lot of the other uh, non-China-specific names city. We'll talk some Robinhood as well. Uh, this report that FTX was considering acquiring the trading platform. And then, of course, Sam Bankman-Fried's statement uh, that no yeah. active discussions now, are in place. Let me run his picture, please. Let's not confuse that with my picture from college. He looks like you in college? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll give the booth some yeah, time no, to no, set no, that no, up. Same guy. Uh, futures are green. Uh, there's a look at him. More Squawk on the Street continues in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried throwing cold water on this report that his company might be interested in buying Robinhood. In a statement to CNBC, he says, quote, we are excited about Robinhood's business prospects and potential ways we could partner with them. And I've always been impressed by the business that Vlad and his team have built. That being said, there are no active M&A conversations with Robinhood. Jim, did this get uh, out of the lane or not yesterday? Well, I was very confused. I mean, it is true that this company's, it, when it was a little bit lower, was trading below its cash. And that shouldn't happen. Someone should buy them. Uh, I went through that presentation that was uh, it, that the House issued this weekend. And uh, with, without a doubt, Vlad Tenev uh, dissembled in front of Congress. So uh, if someone were to take a hard look at that and take a hard look at some of those uh, text messages, Text messages are like, well, you know what? We don't really have any controls, but, you know, Weedbull is coming in. Hey, we can sign up during Desmond. The, the recklessness, the lack of controls, the lack of governance. Uh, when we went to, to, uh, to Chairman Gensler yesterday, Vlad, I love Vlad. Nice, nice guy. But, I mean, Vlad knew nothing. Well, Sam's got the he's young fella. Do we don't have the picture of Sam with Giselle, do we? I mean, because that's an important moment. Um, but there is a there's a sense in the report. That, oh, thank you. I mean, though, there you go. That says it all. Yep. Yep. What does that really say? As I look at my at some of my executive producers here, but <laughs> you go back over that report and you just say, someone, someone, take these guys out, please. Right. I'm thinking back to interviews you did with uh, Tenev. 
last summer in which he sort of spelled out the vision of a, an all-inclusive financial services company uh, that was not about meme trading specifically. Is that still in the offing, potentially, de depending on who, depends, who owns it? You know, look, 50% of their stuff is options. They would tell you that, look, that's just a, that's just a percentage, and there's a lot of people who do, do fractional and stuff. Um, the fact, and, and I think Vlad's got the controls, and they, they've had some really good people come in. Uh, you want their 28 million people. You really do. Uh, I think it should be bought by someone. It's, I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, if someone has controls, the, these people are ready to go. Now, you know, every day they send out Robin Hood snacks. And every day I look at it, and um, it's a, it's much ado about nothing. Very good play. Yep. Uh, and, and what I come back and say is, wow, I mean, I wish Gorman, James Gorman would buy them. He bought E-Trade. Maybe the, the new uh, antitrust problem wouldn't let him. Gorman having a fantastic, uh, you know, $18 billion buyback, 14% yep. of the company, and raised the dividend. But Robinhood should be bought. It, it makes no sense because you could buy it and integrate it and have all those customers, and they're all the right customers. Well, I was going to say, directionally, do you think a buyer should be the likes of a, a Bankman-Fried or Legacy Financial, for example? Well, I think Legacy Financial has to get more involved with younger people. I mean, you take a look at Goldman Sachs. You know, they passed up on Schwab years ago and just should have bought it. Uh, I think Goldman should buy Robinhood. Uh, now, that'll eliminate my chance of interviewing David Solomon, which I've, I always like to get. And it was just I just threw that out. <laughs> but uh, I think they should buy it. And then you have to worry about Marcus, all these different little things. Boom, you're in Robinhood. Right. Now, I mean, Goldmanhood, uh, you know, Rob, Robin Sachs. Eh, I dated her. Fabulous. Um, but Robin, Robin how's she doing? I haven't talked to her in a God while. God love her, you know? But I, I do think that you, you run the risk of someone coming in and buying it before you get a chance. Yeah. Now, this Sam Bankman-Fried is an operator. He's, I've had him on the show. He is, the, he's, JP, he's JP Morgan of that era. Everyone's and you got to love that. Yeah. But this is a, an agglomeration of young people who want advice, who truly want to be better at what they do, and they've been chastened by how much money they've lost. Uh, they, at one point, were, you know, really were chief followers of, of Portnoy, um, who is actually back to sports, thank heavens. Yep, I saw yep, the pen and yep. thing. But, but so you have them. They're there to be had. They're all organized. And I'm sitting here thinking, why is Goldman not buying them? Why will Goldman do Marcus and have all these different things when you just own this tremendous group of people who will be around forever. It's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Bank of America doesn't really need Bank of America has a lot of people. You know, PayPal should have bought them. I wanted PayPal to buy them. Look at PayPal's stock. I mean, that's a pitiful, helpless not, giant of a stock. Not much currency left. We're going to talk about uh, the banks and some of those div hikes and buybacks that Jim mentioned. We'll get his mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Bunch of calls today. Pretty interesting on Sam, on eBay. Snow, yet another upgrade, and Tesla. There's a look at futures. Opening bell in 10 minutes. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time now for Kramer's Mad Dash. As we count down to the opening bell, I know you want to talk some home building. Yeah, I, I said at the beginning that people say, Jim, you focus on the Fed, the Fed, the Fed. Well, Atlantic Equities has a very interesting piece saying a slowdown, a potential positive catalyst, saying maybe they can get to, you know get their act together. They've been very bearish, very bearish on it, priced in. Now, historically, you've not wanted to buy these until the Fed has said we're done. All right. This, these have all been just tremendously anticipated. However, the textbooks say they can fall another 10%. And I think Atlantic is jumping the gun. I don't think you can buy these yet because you don't know whether it's going to be 75 and then mortgage rates are going to go up so much that people just drop. They tried the applications yesterday, really dreadful for a lot of the country. So I just, I want to take the other side of this trade. I don't want people to buy as much as I think these are excellent companies. By the way, Toll Brothers is a fantastic company, yeah. and they have nine hundred dollars homes. Bit nine, of a different market. Yeah, yep. nine hundred thousand dollars homes. Uh, but at the same time, people get the word that maybe they're paying too much and they pull back. Meanwhile, the home builders goes full steam ahead and keep making. Oh my God, that's horrible! And keep making homes. So then you have the glut, then you have the cuts. And then you have the bottom. You'll allow, though, that the stocks will bottom before the industry bottoms. Absolutely. And these are the, this industry's never been in better shape. Uh, and I know that we had uh, Stuart Miller on, who's just such a great spokesman. Doug Yearly, a toll. They're fantastic. I'm just saying, don't jump the gun. There's going to be another leg down if they go 75. And that may be your day. Just wait. Just wait. This is, this is too... Gun jump. Yeah, it sounds like you think we may be close. I do think we're close. That's that's fast. Because I look at the at all the raw costs. I mean, copper, Lumber. wood. Yeah. I mean, so the gross margin has been very good. I just don't want that sticker shock. Uh, Kay Schiller this morning not down enough, but I think that this is the right way to approach things. But remember, there are always managers who wake up and say, oh, my God, mortgage rates are up. I got to sell. And I've dealt with those people all my life and they are your enemy and they're not ready. I love it when you do that voice, by the way. You know, when when I was with Jensen Wong at uh, NVIDIA and he had a digital twin of me, he had me do that. It was like really incredible. I couldn't believe it. He goes, that was tough, but I nailed you. It's true. Digital twin from Jensen. They're going to be industrial. They're so good. We'll get the opening bell in a couple of minutes. Don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back after this. Inflation has been a bigger problem, but I think uh, that it has set us up for deflation. 
Uh, I, I've been listening to your program. I heard Ken Langone talk about being in recession now, Jeremy Siegel saying, we think we're in a recession. A really big problem out there is inventories, the likes of the, the increase uh, of which I've never seen this large in my career. And I've been around for 45 years. Uh, and we're talking about the best managed companies in the world. If you're talking about Walmart and Target, they know how to manage supply chains. So if they have problems, we think there are a lot more problems. In fact, we did get uh, inventories up at Nike Gym, uh, 23%. Yeah, the, the inventory's too high there. But a lot of it, uh, stuck on boats, you know, kind of uh, Target stuck on boats. I, look, I listened to what she said, and right before that, she said was, she actually admitted she was wrong about something. It was impressive. She said, look, I mean, you know, Andrew did one of those things that I've always wanted to say, hey, are you ever wrong on anything? And she said, yeah, I was wrong on inflation. Uh, she was predicting deflation. And that was as wrong as you could get. I mean, it really was incredibly wrong. Again, weird curveballs from China and Ukraine. Might have changed the picture. We don't know. No, and I mean, you're going to see energy up huge today. And you're going to say, well, why is that? And the answer is that people feel they're going to be driving cars in China. That is it. And I had I've been a bull in energy, and energy had uh, turned on me for the month of June. But now you're right back because people just say they're up and around. They're yep. going to gonna take out their cars. Now, now, will GM sell a lot of cars? GM had been a great way to play China. Uh, you know, I think the world of Mary Barra, she's got a lot of different electric cars. And so the question becomes, can you manage, can you bet the GM all the way down here at five times earnings, just a few points off its low, is a buy? And I'll say yes to that, too. Interesting. Uh, before we get to more autos, there's a look at the opening uh, count on the Dow. At the big board today, it's Elevance Health marking its official rebranding from Anthem. And at the Nasdaq, Swedish EV maker Polestar Automotive wow. celebrating its recent listing uh, via SPAC. Jim, a couple things on cars. Uh, VW sees the gap closing with Tesla this year. Yes. Chip shortage getting better. Mm -hmm. uh, That's Ford, true. Ford does have its first recall of the lightning on this tire pressure gauge. Uh, oh, my. And then Deutsche on Tesla today. Pretty encouraging. I'll tell you what, if you think China's going to give some tailwinds, Tesla's going to be a huge beneficiary. I agree with that. I mean, you, look, I, I don't want to overstate it, but there are many, many companies. NVIDIA, 500 million in China, okay? 500 million. Maybe it's back. So you've got these big companies with giant holes in their businesses that were that you felt this quarter were going to be negative that can now say, you know what, we did have that hole. Uh, and really, it's very natural for NVIDIA to say this. We had the $500 million hole. It's close. Now, I don't know about VW. VW has been very bullish, uh, too bullish, I think. Uh, Mary Barr, I don't know exactly what she can say. They sold like 600,000 cars in the first quarter. Uh, like I said, Sanjay Marocha is going to say they didn't sell a lot of, of chips. Uh, now, the one that, that some people say, Jim, why are you not, my chop just owns it, talking about Qualcomm? And the answer is, is that I should be. Qualcomm has got a gigantic business in California, but I like Qualcomm because Cristiano Manas tried to move away from cell phone. He's got industrial, he's got auto, but look at that. It's nine times earnings for one of the most, for a premier semi. Yep. Uh, Qualcomm, huge automotive play. Gigantic. Uh, Jim, you mentioned oil. Uh, by the way, B of A does add Qualcomm to the U.S. one list today. That was I thought that was good, but they don't give you any, they don't give you, any information behind it? There's no meat to that. Yeah. But the bones of the those, one. Those notes are short. Uh, you know, versus say the um, UBS Evidence Lab. 
which is, you know, that's like a whole season of criminal minds. <laughs> yes. Boom, like the whole season. It's procedurals right? on the right. sell side. Yeah. Uh, Jim, you mentioned oil and driving and gasoline demand. Uh, do you think that's what Warren is thinking regarding Oxy in terms of oil? I just think he 16 loves Oxy. 16% now. I, wow. I mean, look, it's the number one, number one performing stock. A lot of us felt uh, that she paid too much for Darko, and our thinking was, was kind of, uh, I'd say, gesticulated initially by, uh, by, by Mike Worth. Mike Worth was very smart in walking away, but she's worn back to her all the way, and look at that. I mean, that is a winner. Now, it's interesting. They have some very good Permian, but Scott Sheffield this weekend, Scott Sheffield this weekend at, at, at a conference was, you know what, Mr. President, good to see you. Uh, you know, you don't want to play ball. We don't need to play ball. We are not going to grow. We'll grow 5%. We will make a fortune. We're not there for you, pioneer. And, and by the way, they would have been. There, was a, there were a group of oil people who were willing to sit down with the president and say, listen, if you give us some pipes, we will drill in those areas. We need a little bit of a give. We want to do more, more carbon. We'll, we'll raise. We'll give you another million barrels. And Biden didn't want to be in the same room. And at the same time that they were meeting the Secretary Grantholm, he was meeting with the windmill people. You know, so he's like doing a little Don Quixote. Sure. Which, by the way, Cervantes holds up. Holds up. Cervantes was dynamite. People don't understand so, Cervantes. So you, your point is that the president is literally tilting at windmills. At windmills, yeah. He's, he's the president of La Mancha. Yeah. Um, by the way, on oil as well, G7, a couple things. Macron. This hot mic moment telling Biden that he doesn't think the Saudis have capacity to boost production much more. And then these this framework for capping Russian crude, God knows how they're going to do it, right? They can't. Look, they, you know, the, the military, I deal with a lot of military guys in the Pentagon. The Pentagon is not running the show. It's this fellow, it's a lawyer, Jake Sullivan, who's running the show from the NSA. The Pentagon guys are saying, okay, so you let them take Ukraine. Then they call you and they say, by the way, uh, we're taking Moldova. Um, we'll use nukes. Uh, we'll use, of course, tactical nukes. And then they say, OK, listen, uh, you got 300,000 uh, NATO guys in Poland. Ah, tactical nukes there. We liked Poland. When, when, we, when we took over Raw, Warsaw, we let the home army kill itself. You know, we let them go up against the Germans. Then we took it. And, and you know, <clears throat> this is what they want to replay. They want to replay World War II. Because Putin always felt that that was uh, never given up the territory. By the way, today is the anniversary of the death of Franz Ferdinand. Not a good day in world history. No. 1914. Wow. Jim, we're up 450 points here, uh, back almost to 3950. Uh, on the back of a lot of travel, uh, a lot of airlines, Boeing. And did you see this note out of oh Jeffries? Oh, my God. I about know. potential orders this year? I got rid of Boeing. Um, made some money, lost some money. If they can make the planes. That's a 5% gain on Boeing. Uh, as Jeffries argues that they're in the running at least for 170 plus billion of new orders. I mean, it's unbelievable the travel demand. But I, I have, uh, I've got the spirit guy on tonight. You Runs do, spirit, yeah. Also getting interesting as uh, as JetBlue sweetens the bid again. This ticking fee would raise the bid value to 34.15. Yeah, um, JetBlue will lose. Uh, Ted Christie will win. I worked really hard on this, and I just think that this fellow, Jonathan Cantor, gave a speech when he came in. He's the head of antitrust. 
saying he does not favor and will not let any deal where you need divestiture to get it done. Any deal. So the people who are uh, representing JetBlue, I urge them to go read this speech. Now they'll say, well, of course you read the speech. I said, well, then if you read the speech, why are you doing this? Now, you know, I did the, the, I cited the Disney plant. Yes. I'm going to also handle the JetBlue situation (laughs) because I know that I'm, I'm done spending all that on the lawyers. Just save some bandwidth for the yeah, show. I mean, okay. As, 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 oh, I did this thing between three, and, three and four a.m. I, I just okay, nailed good. this thing. No, I, I, I mean, some of these companies, if they listen to me, I mean, their stocks would be like multiple. But um, yeah, JetBlue's making a big mistake. Uh, they keep doing this, and they're going to lose because Jonathan Cantor, who is the anti- head of antitrust, has said point blank, "You can't do what they're doing." So what are they thinking? I mean, it was the, it was the Jack, you know, uh, one of the great associate uh, associate justices, Justice Jackson, is his hero, and Justice Jackson was against this type of thing. So, I think that it's just so ill fated. We'll, we'll watch it. It's uh, obviously coming down to the wire now, right? Uh, in the race to create the fifth biggest carrier, uh, Jim Nike's gone green. Really quick. Uh, there you go. See. Back to one ten. Yep. Those fools who sold it, they do not understand my plan for Nike. And then as far as chips go, I know you had Romando on Mad Money last yeah. night. We want to listen to that. But first, this is what Eric Schmidt said about the uh, necessity of, of repatriating chip production into this country. Let's take a listen to this. The biggest challenge facing America in the long term, which is the question of competitiveness with China, they want to dominate all of the key industries of economic growth of America. AI, synthetic biology, new energy, I can go on. They want to do all of that. We passed a law more than a year and a half ago. It's also through, commission, through the, the House, and now we can't get it through, through to uh, the necessary steps to get it passed. It's crazy. What do you think is happening? Why? I think it's just sclerosis in the government. Uh, his, his broader point as well was that uh, he doesn't think a Taiwan-China uh, conflagration is in, the, is in the near term because of their reliance on the dollar. Well, look, I think that... Uh, I think that the Chinese want to test Biden every day, the flyovers. I do think that when I had uh, Secretary Mondo on, it's very clear they can screw this up. I mean, what happened is that everybody, the House and the Senate liked it. Uh, McCarthy, you know, you, Leader McCarthy liked it. Schumer liked it. McConnell liked it. They the liked it act. so much that they put all this other stuff in it. And she says that's got to be stripped out or else it will fail. Now, Pat Gelsinger has said that, listen, I can do it, I can build in Europe. Now, he's committed to $20 billion Ohio, but I can put more in Europe if I wanted to. If we lose this, this is just one of the most stupid things ever because we cannot, we have, we were, there's about 12% of what we need is made here. 12%. Right. So much of it is Taiwan. And Taiwan is a missile throw away. And we cannot let this continue. But uh, Secretary Mondes introduced it in my show, talked about it multiple times, and I'm really getting very, very sad about what could happen here. You got to listen to what uh, Romando told Jim. Take a quick listen to that. These companies want to be in America, right? America is still the best place in the world to do business. Deep capital markets, good talent, lots of R&D. Their customers are here. They want to be here. But mark my words, Jim. If Labor Day comes and goes, and this CHIPS Act isn't passed by Congress, these companies will not wait, and they will expand in other countries. And those are once-in-a-generation investments, and this country will lose out. 
Labor Day. Is that really a firm? Yeah, you think it's dead after absolutely. that? Absolutely, it's dead after that. Now, when people, when you talk to CEOs, they always say the same thing. Secretary Amato, the best, maybe the best commerce secretary in history, a person who really gets us. And no one thought this thing would have a problem. I mean, you, you know, honestly, remember there's Gelsinger, he's up there in the, in the State of the Union. Everyone's in favor of this. And this may fail. David Ignatius, one of my absolute favorite writers in the Washington Post, did a piece yesterday that was just devastating, saying that we are so dysfunctional that even one of the great plans, which is to make Ohio this center of technology, could fail. I mean, it's extraordinary. It could fail. And I, it, we are shame on us if this fails. I, you don't want to envision a world in which we are truly... That, that constrained on, on the supply of chips. We can't uh, even imagine what uh, life would be like, I don't think. I mean, Taiwan Semi is arguably the most important company when it comes to our defense. Uh, every defense executive has said this has to be done. Uh, but she did say it's really kind of game over by Labor Day. And if that's the case, all those great dreams about having Ohio being the center, they'll be gone. And all that, when you talk to a lot of the CEOs, like I had to go to CFOs at the CFO Council in San Francisco, everyone's so hopeful about moving to Ohio that it's just like a great opportunity. You got really good labor force, really cheap energy that is, that is very clean. They all want to go, and they all want to be tied to this. This was, and now, by the way, Europe's got them, Taiwan's got China, South Korea has one, and we... We're in disgrace. Now, I, I think that Biden just said, let's get this done. Biden will say, I already did that. I said, hey, listen, send it to me. But this would be a travesty. I think everyone in America I know is a divided country right now. But the one thing they're not divided on is the need to protect this industry. And that should be a rallying cry. No one is against this. Journal had a big piece yesterday about BASF and the possibility of them having to shut production because of energy insecurity in Europe. Absolutely. Don't you think that makes the, the option of, of doing Europe instead of U.S. a little weaker? It what? should. Uh, BSF, you know, Ludwigshaven is a company town. The whole town is just, I mean, it's way too big a town to, to, for the Germans to just forget. It is where all the chemicals are. But uh, I'm just talking in terms of chips. Berlin or well, Ohio? You need, I mean, come on. Well, I think that if you give the chip companies enough money, they will come. And uh, I know Lindy, which does the gas, I have known my chapels also, Lindy has the gas to be able to, it has the chemical gases to make it happen. And I know that Pat Gelsinger, who is a great American, who really wants to build things here and is committed to Ohio, has made this to be his life's work. Now, he did say that 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 God put him on earth to do it. Now, we, um, we know that the president said that God had a bad year uh, versus Exxon. So I'm really trying to figure out what, you know, what, where God is in the, the more, avalanche. More I mean, it's very God. hard for me to figure out yes. exactly where God fits in. Yes. Uh, playoffs, uh, you know, AAA. Yes. <laughs> and, and I wish, by the way, can I just say that I wish that all these people would stop invoking God? <laughs> yeah. But, or at least figure out where God is in the standings. Uh, uh, secularism has taken a yeah, hit. Yeah, yes. I, yes, it has. And you're allowed to kneel, you're, you're kneel in the uh, middle of the field, and that's fine. I mean, look, we prayed. 
we prayed before every win and I prayed before every game and I didn't have to say the whole prayer. But, but you know, it's very inclusive. Yeah. I like inclusion. But uh, we got a real problem here because uh, if that there it is not foreordained. And well, we'll speak to Pat again. I mean, uh, Pat is messianic about it. But the companies, I mean, look, you know, you look, look at Lamb Research. Lamb Research is willing to go there. And Lamb, when you go up in a fab, by the way, it's just a factory. It's just four I've been to a lot of fabs. Yeah, put a hairnet on it. I always say, are you kidding me? I mean, hairnet? I mean, like, can we, like, stop <laughs> wasting our time? But, uh, but you go in. The wafers might get yeah, contaminated. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you stop, I went, to, I went to one on Saturday in Israel, okay? I was the only one there because it runs with machines. And I had the hairnet on, and it's like, you know, please. But what was interesting is it's just equipment from a lamb. Yeah, or, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, a mat. It's not like... It's not tool and die, people. It's not guys with wrenches. Yes. So, I mean, let's put it there. Uh, the country, I mean, I don't know, you know, I used to say write your congressperson. I mean, but this is just the, when I have American Electric Power on, everyone thought this was a done deal. And it would be the greatest thing for our country. And it's just got to happen. Well, there still is time, at least uh, if you listen to Ramondo's comments to Jim. Overall, though, about a 1% gain here on the Dow as we're off the initial highs. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Uh, so we started June with 4,000 as sort of uh, the floor for the S&P 500. Now 4,000 is a little bit of the ceiling. It's a little bit of resistance. We're trying to get over that here. Not far, only about 60 points on that. Sectors, good start to the morning. All 11 sectors were up initially right at the open. Energy and metals, though, really leading again. That's debatable whether we really want to see that. Consumer discretionary, not bad today. We saw travel stocks bouncing again today. The casinos are bouncing as well. Healthcare, which has had a terrific run. I mentioned yesterday Big Pharma was basically the only group uh, that was at 52-week highs, uh, also up again today. So a very good start overall. So look at the energy stocks today. So is it good news or bad news that commodity stocks, the metals and energy, are leading the market again? Uh, remember, energy got clobbered last week. Metals got clobbered last week. Market rallied really nicely uh, on that. Uh, and now they're rallying again today. Uh, remember, the whole key thesis of a lot of the bulls is commodities are proxies for inflation. If the commodities keep rallying, it's a sign that there's still inflation concerns out there. So look at the uh, commodity names here. Crude was down dramatically, you know, 15, 16 percent, but it's rallied three days in a row. Copper's rallied a couple of days in a row. There's what I, the one I watch, DBB, is the base metals fund. It's an aggregate of several uh, base metal uh, uh, commodities. That's also been coming off of the lows in the last couple of days. So you want to watch that as proxy inflation. As for the rest of the market, Nike's not really doing much. It's down fractionally. But I think the key story is with the margin pressures. Now, this is Nike's got very clear exposure to China, so there's some real issues here. But I think you're going to see this as an issue, margin problems, with most companies uh, going forward. So they talked about inventory tie-ups in China. They talked about higher freight and inventory costs. Uh, these are gross margins, down 80 basis points to 45 percent. But we want to look at operating margins. This is going to be a problem for the second quarter because we've had a period where margins have dramatically expanded and now they're starting to shrink back again. Remember in 2021, we saw a dramatic expansion of profit margins to 13, 13 and a half percent historic highs as companies essentially uh, were able to do really well uh, post-COVID. And now we're starting to shrink back again, 12 percent. And I think what you're seeing here is you're going to see the second quarter is going to have an 11 handle in front of it, uh, low 11 handle in front of that. Now, remember what happened here. Uh, S&P profit margins 
Again, hit a peak in 2021, slowly declining. And remember what happened during COVID? Operating margins expanded dramatically in COVID here. The companies cut back on spending. They cut back on labor, travel, and real estate. They used more technology to increase efficiency. And when the revenues rebounded, more of it went to the bottom line. That's operating leverage, and that's what we've got right now. Now, a lot of companies are coming out. Goldman Sachs was out this morning saying, this is now going to change a little bit here. Ben Snyder over Goldman said the profit margins were going to be declining this year. Again, is there a recession or not? If there's no recession, Goldman says margin will be down seven basis, 70 basis points. So now we're talking about low 11s. If there is a recession, 130 basis points, now you're talking about in the 10% range for operating margins. So again, Carl, the question is, what side are you on the recession versus no recession debate? But almost everyone is coalescing around the idea that margins are definitely going to be lower. Carl, back to you. Uh, definitely uh, one of the things uh, David Cost is watching, Bob. Thanks, uh, Bob Pisani. Quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or just use the QR code on your screen and it takes you straight there. As we go to break, uh, watch bonds today. We mentioned yields sticking higher on the uh, opening of China as it continues there. We got the 10-year close to 326 this morning, uh, currently 323. S&P 3940 is now up 7.5% from the June closing low. We're back in a moment. Keep your eye on Altria today because uh, a little bit of a wrinkle in the developments regarding the FDA and Juul. Uh, Juul in a filing today says the agency overlooked more than 6,000 pages of data that it had submitted on the aerosols that Juul users inhale. Uh, they say we remain confident in our science and evidence and we believe we will be able to demonstrate that our products do in fact meet the statutory standard. Dow's up 350. We're back in a moment. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? All right, Amazon Web Services. Let's find out how they're doing. I know we're very rare that they talk. And then Spirit on the eve of the big vote. And no doubt we'll talk about how there's absolutely no chance whatsoever for JetBlue to get done. Uh, again, Disney, I'm citing it for them, New Mexico. Why not get these things done? Huge right? news. And by the way, you wanted a side-by-side -side of you and Sam Bankman-Fried? Yes. I think we have it. That, that's you in college? Oh, my God. Do you have me next to Giselle, or is it just him? No, no, no. You're, Giselle's oh, not in your shop. No, no, me Only just his. All right, well, I was, just, I was listening to the late, great Ted, Ted Kennedy. Well, you know, <laughs> I had game then, let me tell you. I had game. We won't define what game means, but I had it. Right. We'll see you at 6. All right. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. We will stay on top of this market rally this morning. Dow's up 340. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. 
absolutely, positively FedEx.